Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Rashvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. Our guest today is Adriana Sum, principal at Clock Tower Technology Ventures. Adriana is an active team member working on CTV's recently launched Latin America FinTech Fund. Originally from Ecuador, Adriana has leveraged her relationships in the region to grow out CTV's burgeoning network of fintech innovators in Latin America. Before joining CTV, Adriana was a strategy associate in Chase's digital payments team, where she worked closely with consumer-related payment products to develop consolidated roadmaps, business cases, and strategic initiatives. Upon graduating from University of Pennsylvania, she worked at JP Morgan in investment banking, focusing on M&A across Latin America. Thank you so much for joining us today, Adriana. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So let's just uh, dive right in. So from a BA in political science to banking to business development and finally investments, you've moved around quite a bit in your career. Can you share some of that journey with us? Yes, of course. I guess it's worth starting off with where I am from. I'm originally from Ecuador, South America. So I was born and raised there, came to the U.S. truly just for college with the idea that I would be here four years and come back home. And it's been 10 years since I came. So here, here I still am. Um, I went to pursue my undergrad at UPenn. I studied political science, and right after I decided to start my career doing investment banking at J.P. Morgan. While in investment banking, I was actually covering Latin America mergers and acquisitions. Um, I spent a few years there. I think that was a a great opportunity to get a a first glimpse of truly how business is made in in LATAM. across countries, across verticals, across asset classes, and all over the capital markets. And gave me a lot of perspective, made me realize that I'm very passionate about the region, about seeing it move forward and and, and giving back in that way. But at the same time, um, I realized that none of these industries that I was covering were actually any that I were truly passionate about from a subject matter perspective. And so I started digging deeper into what, what truly excited me, what felt special, what, what would keep me up at night trying to make it better. And, and, and just reading a lot, researching or thinking um, around the topic of financial inclusion, which is something that I've always cared deeply about. I came across the concept of FinTech back in 2017. And at, at that moment, there, there isn't much, there wasn't even much to read about in LATAM, but it just clicked to me so quickly, yes, this is what I need to learn about, this is what I need to do, this is where I need to focus my energy and my career. Um, and so at that moment, I, I had the option to move to a startup, but given work visa constraints and all these sorts of external circumstances, I ended up um, looking inwards at, in, inside JP Morgan at potential opportunities to, to start exploring this, this path and ended up switching to to the other side of the bank, the consumer franchise at Chase Digital, um, working at the payments team, reporting to, to the head of payments, thinking about what, what would be the um, just a big level strategy to, to move forward the app and, and the key features that we should keep in mind as, 
as new fintech companies arose and, and were being more competitive and posing a bit of a threat to, to our consumer our consumer branch. So I spent spent a year there, really loved everything that I learned, um, but realized that I I wanted to to be more outward facing and and being more on the entrepreneurial side rather than the incumbent side. And that's where I decided to join Clock Tower. This was almost three years ago now. It was end of 2018. I packed my bags and moved to California. I had only been in LA once before, which was for my final round interview at Clock Tower. And so it was quite good then. Um, and I, I've been here ever since. And it's been, it's been quite a ride. I'm part of being always part of the investment team since I joined. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing. And your hustle is very evident and kudos to you for getting to where you are. Building on what you shared, you're clearly passionate about financial inclusion. And you've shared this uh, right now across the shifts you've made between how your profession takes you where you are. But would love to hear it from the CTV's Latin America FinTech Fund side of things. Um, a little bit more about how financial inclusion is critical to the fund and where does your role fit in with the fund at this point? Yeah, of course. So we recently announced, um, I guess just going a little further back on, on the story, um, at CTV, we, we're a fintech-focused VC. We, we have a, a unique format where we never lead rounds and we always co-invest with other lead investors. We've historically focused in the U.S. and Europe. And so that's why the Latin America strategy is something so exciting. It's, it's an opportunity we started noticing, I would say, almost two years ago, maybe a year into me joining the company, where I started to spend a lot more time informally collaborating with founders in the region, getting to know local VCs, truly out of an, a personal interest. Um, but digging deeper, we, were, we, we started noticing opportunities that were just like a lot bigger than we expected. And so we did our first investment in the region early, 20, early 2020 officially, but we were working on it, I would say like the last quarter of 2019. That was Kushki, which is a payment gateway. Once we did that, we were like, I guess we could do a few more. We did a few more and they were like, no, this, this warrants its own pool of risk and, and we want to be truly devoted to to the, to the region with like a dedicated pool of capital and, and, and just um, not just concentrating on a handful of opportunistic things, but like truly um, going, going broader and deeper. So we decided to raise this vehicle. Um, we're looking to do a similar strategy in what we've always been doing at Clock Tower, which is non-lead checks in seed and series A companies. And uh, we're investing in every country of the region. And we are investing in every vertical of fintech. When it comes to financial inclusion and how it relates to the fund, I think the most exciting part of fintech in Latin America is that you could almost argue that every single fintech investment so far is truly about financial inclusion. Um, the current state of financial services access and penetration in general in the region is so farther behind than it is in the US and the Western world that solely having a challenger bank or a slightly better underwriting strategy for unsecured consumer credit or, or starting to delve into online distribution for insurance is already so 
it's such a game changer in, in a person's daily life um, that you're, you're effectively totally 180 their, their ability to, to think about finance, to learn, to be educated and to, um, to make more of their money. And so we, we love that. And, and, and we've seen it across the, I don't know, like 15, 17-ish investments we've, we've made so far and happy to double-click in any of those or, or to go over some themes. But I, I would say the, the greatest thing is that you have this population where everyone has a smartphone, everyone has WhatsApp, everyone, well, not everyone, like lots of people do not live near a bank branch. And for the first time, they can use this tool um, to access um, services that they would have never dreamed of, of having before. And to me, that is revolutionary and it's only the beginning. That's amazing. And I, I do want to stay a little bit more in Latin America. And you did mention um, fintech is an industry that's um, where a lot of innovation and investing is actually happening. What are some other trends that you've, you've observed in the region that make the region really attractive to investors? Yeah, in terms of trends uh, at the regional level, there's, I would say, just going back to to the population, you have, you know, like a rising middle class with lots of foreign penetration and very interconnected through what's happened with a much more globalized view of, of what's happened in the world than before. But at the same time, you have the best set of incumbents to go after because banks in Latin America are some of the most profitable banks in the world. And, and this is because they just don't have to compete and so you have very high concentration. They only focus on, on banking the highest quality of customers because they just don't need much more than that. And then you get the very, very big tail end of, of consumers that are just white space of, of in terms of financial services access. And I think that's, that's very exciting. And, and taking a small piece of that market share today could already be a huge opportunity. And I think then there's a regulatory framework that makes this very exciting. And it is that Latin America has historically been very open to innovation, even though they do have strong rule of law and like regulators are taken very seriously. They are they have some of, for example, the best real-time payment systems in the world, like better than the ones that some of the ones we have in the US. Um, Mexico, uh, uh, sponsored by the government, like in Mexico and Brazil. Um, and, and they are really trying to collaborate and, and, and broaden the, the ability of, of newcomers to, to offer services. And so you have um, support on that front, which is, which is very important. And I think ultimately um, COVID was a, a great catalyzer of, of catalyst of um, the, just the openness to trans to to move towards digital financial services. So Latin is still very, very cash heavy as a region. And it, it's very tough to break with the habits of just wanting to touch cash and like transacting cash and trusting cash and not wanting to have your money in a place where you don't see it. And so the, the lockdowns and, and the necessity to, to turn on your computer and figure out how you do this by, you know, from home, um, has been a, a great, great um, factor in enabling people to, to be more open-minded about 
the new digital offerings in banking. That's definitely exciting. And sorry, please finish. Yeah, and, and, I, and I just wanted to add, like, that's all the macro fundamental. But then if you want to think more on the fintech and venture capital wave, I think it, it's also accompanied by the fact that you're seeing just a very big increase in inflows from capital in the past two to three years. And we still haven't seen enough exits, but they're starting to happen. Like we, we had another IPO this year and like fewer acquisitions. And, and so the, the talent pool is starting to grow in a way that we also had not seen before. So I guess you have, besides all the macro factors, you finally are seeing ingrown potential talent to, to back and more international capital interest um, for these things to flourish. That's really exciting to share is what I was uh, mentioning earlier. I mean, all I could hear when you were uh, sharing all these stats almost was that there's a huge opportunity that is now being tapped uh, within the LATAM market. Um, so only interesting um, opportunities that will probably be taken up as the future unfolds. Um, curious to hear a little bit about your time at CTV and um, if you were to share what would attribute your success at Clock Tower Technology Ventures, what would you share that? Yeah, so um, my time at CTV, it's been, it's been a great, a great rate, right? I, I think when I came in, I truly did not know what to expect from generally the VC experience. And it's been such a grateful, I'm so, just so grateful for the opportunity to be able to collaborate with so many entrepreneurs, constantly humbling to learn about so many great ideas and why people are leaving their jobs to pursue things that they're passionate about. I think that's something that between three years and every time I speak to an entrepreneur, I'm still blown away by what they do and like why they're doing it and have so such deep respect for the community we're backing. Um, and, and I think that's what makes this job like the most special. In Clock Tower is it's just a great place. We have we have a great internal team where we 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 work together extremely well and, and we're and most importantly and, and the coolest thing about us is we're we're true fintech geeks. Like we love fintech and we talk about fintech all the time and, and really really have um, a desire to to understand in the best way possible. Um, what financial services will look like in the next five, 10 or 15, 20 years. And I think that shows when, when we speak to founders and, and we're strategizing with them on, on like the next best thing for them. And um, I hope we, we always maintain that, that DNA as we continue to, to scale. Great. And I just want to switch gears a little bit here um, and talk about women in venture capital or just the gender dynamics in general. I'm curious as to what your experience has been um, with gender diversity in the workplace and what advice do you have for women starting out in similar associate positions in VC? Yeah, I would say in like, and every person has a different experience, obviously in my experience. Um, I guess I, I was lucky enough to, to fall in a team where I've always felt Know, deeply respected and, and understood and, and never felt like I had to go out of my way <laughs> as a result of who I am. Um, I would say maybe that experience was slightly different in investment banking. 
Uh, and, and I've noticed like a drastic change in, in culture and mentality uh, shifting industries within financial services. Um, but in terms of advice or what has allowed me to, to thrive as someone, I think there's just so much. I, I think the key to success is having a support group that truly has the best interest for you. And, and that is very difficult to find. Um, but if you're proactive about participating in a lot of this, there's like Slack channels, like women in VC or like some that are massive, some that are smaller. But if you truly put effort in trying to build some relationships where, where so, someone is older than you and, and, and you can feel more open about sharing higher, what you're thinking, understanding where your career should be headed and practical advice on, on how to become an even better investor, not just career-wise, but also tangibly, like building your own network of friends that you trust that, that you can work together with and like ultimately become a better investor alongside with. I think that has been key for me. And, and it's one advice that I would give is try to build your pod of, of women that have your best interests at heart as well and, and stay close to them. Be super helpful to them as well. Continue to to foster those relationships, and and whenever you are whenever you are reaching a, a level of seniority, I think it's very important to give back. And so, look for people that can benefit from your learnings. Mentor people. Be genuinely um, nice and like give real advice. Don't just give um, superficial, generic, you know, pointers. But actually, like take this take these new newcomers and like junior girls seriously. I think the most important part is to be able to retain enough women through the ladder, like all the way up. And I think there's plenty and in like the first part of the funnel and it just starts to drop off when you, when you're going higher up in the pyramid and, and preserving talent and like helping each other to make it all the way up um, is fundamental too, you know, to like make a difference. Absolutely. And um, what you said about having a strong support group, um, this podcast is very much um, possible today is because we got support from day one from incredible women um, at every level in, in the industry. And our goal is to give back a little bit by giving aspiring female investors with this network. So um, 100% agree with you on that. Awesome. So before we conclude this conversation, we'd love to do a quick um, rapid fire session with you. Just two to three questions um, to get to know you a little bit better. Um, and if you're ready, we're going to get started with that. The first question is really easy. Um, any movies you've watched recently that you really liked um, and why? <laughs> well, La La Land is a movie that I love and I just watched it for probably the 10th time on an airplane on the way back to LA. <laughs> it's um, a good one. I think it's a great movie. I just really love um, the idea of, of two people pursuing their passion like, and doing everything um, to, do, to get that, to make it happen. And it's, it's just funny. I watched it right before I moved to LA. And so it's a very special thing for me. <laughs> Awesome. Um, second question. If you were to relocate somewhere, um, what city would you pick and why? Well, I guess that one's an easy. I would most likely go back to New York. Um, reason, it's more of like personal reasons. I would love to be closer to, to Ecuador, my home country, and, and 
just have a bigger community of work and college friends um, that I always enjoy to hang with whenever I go back. <laughs> but I but I don't think there's a better place in LA, period, for like lifestyle reasons. And, and I just think it's great. <laughs> yeah, I spent um, three years in New York, so I feel the same way. Um, and lastly, um, the last question I had for you is who has been a role model in your life? Um, and that can be personal or professional. I have a lot of role models. I'm not going to lie, but I guess each of them has been in like different aspects of my life. And that's why I'm having a hard time finding one. Um, so I would argue, yeah, today, I think my mom is, is, a very, very big role model for me. It's, I just have deep respect for the amount of devotion she has given to us as kids and us as a family um, and always prioritizing everyone else's needs on, on top of hers. And I truly aspire to become that kind of person um, whenever I, I have my own family. Amazing. Thank you so much, Adriana, for joining us today on the show. I'm sure our listeners will really enjoy this episode. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you.